0: All right, good morning. Can we give a hand for the worship team? This morning was awesome. So we're going to be continuing in our series in 1 Peter, which I'm super excited about. Uh, Last Sunday, Pastor Bill had explained that as followers of Jesus, we are sojourners and exiles, and that being a wanderer is a part of our identity, but being lost is not. And so why? Because we do have a very clear destination. And as being a sojourner, it's important to remember that this place here on Earth is not our home. And so we see that Jesus had this mindset, Paul had this mindset, and so did Peter. Now, another common theme that I see when I read through the book of Peter is that he is instructing followers of Jesus to live counter to our culture. And so I have the joy of going through, Pastor Bill did verses 11 and 12. I'm going to be doing verses 13 through 25 in chapter 2. And this is actually a really tough topic, um, especially in today's day and age, where we're going to be talking about submission to authority, submission to authority. And so I think if we are honest with ourselves, submission to authority is somewhat counter to our culture. And let me just tell you, when I was reading through these verses, knowing that I was going to be preaching on this passage, I couldn't help but just feel burdened for the church today. Not just here at Revolve, but also local churches here in America. Now, I, just to kind of give a very quick disclaimer, I don't stand up here to be perfect uh, in this in this area of submission to authority. If anybody knows my past prior to coming to Christ, politics and actually diving into some conspiracies almost gave me a sense of identity, right? It would consume me. Uh, I questioned authority quite often. I would make accusations not knowing if they were actually factually correct. But when I did come to know Christ, my heart, was changed, the, the things that I used to desire just slowly faded away. And so when it comes to this topic, people are willing to be in submission to authority, especially when we agree with somebody. But when we, we don't agree with those in authority, we kind of have this think the worst first mentality. And I'll say that again, think the worst first mentality. And what I mean by that is there is just sort of a, an immediate distrust. Even when you don't have all the facts or know what is happening behind the scenes, um, we, we have that think the worst first mentality. There is this immediate distrust to those in authority over us. And I'm not just talking about government. I'm also talking about at a, things at a very local level, you know, whether it be law enforcement or local school officials and teachers. This happens at our jobs, employees not trusting their bosses gossiping about leadership. It happens in church leadership. We also see this in our homes, teens and and children not obeying their parents' authority. And so church, this is a very, very big problem today. And the reason I say that is because those who claim to follow Christ, where we act no different than non-believers when it comes to submission of authority. And so with that being said, we're going to be diving into Scripture. So if you have your Bibles with you or your phones, open them up. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. Now, it's super, super important that you understand the context and who Peter is writing to in this passage. Peter is writing to followers of Jesus who are, in exile, who are exiles in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And the reason they're there is because when they were in Israel, Persecution was getting crazy. It was getting hot. And so they left there to go to a safe haven. And after being in this safe haven for a period of time, persecution had risen there as well. And so persecution was coming from the Roman government and the emperor of the Roman government. And his name was Nero. And if you know anything about this guy, he was not a good dude. He was a really, really evil man. He would often do things, very, he would do wicked things just for his own pleasure. In AD 64, he set fire to his own city in Rome. It was a six-day fire. There was massive amounts of damage. Now, when his citizens kind of caught wind of what happened, um, his citizens had kind of sent, a, almost revolted against him. And so Nero turned the attention away from himself. And what did he do? He placed blame on followers of Jesus. And so he blamed followers of Jesus and then persecution was becoming much much worse at this point. Can you imagine imagine the president of the United States or our governor blaming Christians for something they didn't do? We would be in uproar. So let's look at uh, verses 13 and 14 in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So here we see Peter starts off with two words that we tend to want to ignore or just kind of, you know, erase from our Bible. But those words are be subject. In another translation, it would say be submissive. And so be subject means to place yourself under one's authority. Now, it's good when you are under godly authority, but this becomes much harder when you're not under godly authority. However, what Peter is saying here, he's saying to be under authority of others as if God is the authority in your life. And so now there is an exception to this when it comes to authority. And let me just give you a few examples of that in Scripture in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, we see King Nebuchadnezzar. He tells three guys to just bow down to him, which is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they refused to bow down and him. They said, no, we worship the one true living God because they have higher authority. So God's authority trumps man's authority. In the New Testament, we see the same thing happening. In Acts chapter 4, when when Peter and the apostles are told not to preach the gospel of Jesus, and they are arrested and brought before religious council, and then in Acts 5, it tells us this account. Acts chapter 5, verses 27 through 29 says this, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. And so Peter, he, um, hold on, what did I do with my notes here? There we go, I didn't turn my notes over, sorry. Um, So the overarching principle is to submit to those in authority unless they go against God's authority. And so, again, God's authority trumps man's authority. But I want you to take a look going back to verse 13. Notice how Peter writes these words. He says, be subject for the Lord's sake. Notice it doesn't say for the government's sake. It's it's not for your sake making it about ourselves. We are to be subject for the Lord's sake. And submission to those in authority is God's will and God's commanded to us. So we are submitting to God when we submit to man's authority. And so this is what gives him honor. This is a very, very important principle for us as followers of Jesus, Jesus and especially the church. Even if these people are not of your faith, Peter, notice how Peter says, every human institution Peter means secular authority here, not just faith-based authority with, uh, with, you know, that may agree with you and your beliefs. We don't necessarily get to pick and choose under whose authority we are under because God is sovereign over all. He chooses. And then Peter says this, whether it be to the emperor as supreme. Now, we just discussed who this emperor was. And Nero, he was not a nice man. Certainly, he was not a godly man. He was a tyrannical leader persecuting Christians. He was targeting Christians. And so it's important to understand this context. So just being honest here, when I look at verses 13 and 14, I notice myself wanting to say, but God, what if, or Peter, how far is too far here? But I think Peter's message is very, very clear. He's saying Christian obedience is living the way God wants us to live. Choosing for us to be set apart includes submission to civil authorities. Now, we don't obey or submit ourselves to, to rulers because of their inherent goodness. Peter doesn't evaluate whether they deserve it or not. He doesn't get wrapped up in the injustices. He just simply calls Followers of Jesus to submit. And so I want you to compare our context of living here in America to the context of whom Peter is writing to, because again, Christians are being specifically targeted here. They're in fear of their safety, they're in fear of their life. And because Peter is, uh, the, these people didn't have the freedoms we currently have, and yet he tells the followers of Jesus to submit to human authority, the question is why? Why should they do this, especially if they're being mistreated? And verse 15 gives us a a very clear answer. Verse 15 says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. The people that Peter is writing to are being mistreated, abused. They're being slandered. They were accused of many things. For example, insurrection. They were rebelling. They were accused of rebelling against Rome. They were accused of atheism because they didn't worship Caesar. They were falsely accused of even things like incest because they would call each other brother and sister. But it was because they had just such a close-knit community. And so what we see in this context is so much hostility and the natural response to any sort of hostility like this is to be defensive, right? I know if I were in in their shoes and the followers of Jesus' shoes at that time, I would be. But as far as Peter is concerned, the only way to answer these accusations is the way followers of Jesus live and conduct themselves. We are to be set apart. And so to live a good life, to do good deeds, to show kindness, to give generously, that by doing these things could silence ignorant talk of foolish people, as it says in verse 15. And listen, I wrestle with this, and I guarantee you many people here in this room do as well. We may be sitting here thinking, you know what? No, my voice needs to be heard. We need to revolt against corruption and protest, showing that we as followers of Jesus will not stand for these things. And listen, I do think there is a time and place we can do that in a, an appropriate way. However, we should be more concerned with obeying the word of God when Peter says to subject yourselves even to unjust leadership. So instead of being loud and angry, what if we were known for our love And kindness? What if we showed radical acts of generosity to our enemies? What if we were known for these things? Because Peter is saying here, he's saying, look, the most effective way to approach and engage our culture is to live your life in such a way that the accusations of the people just simply don't hold up and that they would eventually be won over by your actions. And so, church, this is huge for us to understand. Huge for us to understand, because as the world increasingly becomes more hostile, the church must become more holy. Let me say that again. As the world increasingly becomes more hostile, the church should be, must become more holy. And so part of holiness, according to Peter, is submitting to governing authorities. Now, I want to be super clear with you guys here This doesn't just mean that we just kind of have blind faith and we just do everything they say. It doesn't just mean that we surrender to them no matter what because I do believe there is a time and day that will come possibly in our lifetime where we have to prayerfully consider not complying, to be disobedient to what they're telling us because we should never follow earthly powers when they are in conflict with what God has said in his word. We should always prioritize our obedience, our, our obedience to God over our obedience to our country. Because why? Our allegiance is to God's word, not the government. And so again, there may be a time in your life where obedience to God may mean disobedience to civil authorities. So remember in, in the passage in Acts chapter 5 where Peter, P- Peter stands before the religious council. They tell him and the apostles to stop preaching the gospel. And and what is the response? They say that they must obey God over man's authority. So listen, I want you to pay attention to this. The same man who disobeyed the authorities in Acts chapter 5 is now telling followers of Jesus to obey their ruling authorities. Unjust leadership. And so question, did Peter change his tune? Is the Bible Contradicting itself. No, not at all. Peter is using judgment and he's applying biblical wisdom. He's saying, yes, you should obey your ruling authorities unless their plans and their policies cause us to disobey what God told us to do. And I think if you and I are honest with ourselves, we naturally don't want to obey unjust leadership. I think of 2020, and when we look back, I'm sure Pastor Bill would tell you the conversations him and I have had, and I would wrestle, but the Lord has continued to teach and shape and mold me in this area, to teach me to die to myself. And so we see here that that Peter is challenging us to be upright, to conduct ourselves as set apart, not to live self-righteously, and that we should be above reproach. Look at verses 16 and 17. It says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to, do the, uh, to, do, or to the good and gentle but also to the unjust. And so we see in this context that the people Peter is talking to are in a messy, messy, complicated situation, but he's basically saying the way you should handle it. And he's laying out a very, very clear approach. Again, it's easy to subject ourselves with whom we agree with and who are godly, but what about those who are not godly and they're just completely unjust? Again, We wrestle with these things. I'm guilty of this. We want to stick it to the man. We want to prove our point. We want our voice to be heard. And yet what we see in the Gospels is where Jesus tells us to die to ourselves, to take up our cross daily. Jesus refers to us as sheep amongst wolves. Sheep cannot defend themselves. But we do have a good shepherd who is our defender, and that is enough. Look at verses 18 through 20. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Of God. Now, I want you to look where it says in verse 18, it says, to be subject to your masters, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. And again, we don't like to hear these things. I know I don't. What does unjust mean? It means being unreasonable, it means being treated harshly. Back in uh, 2011, 2012, years ago, when my wife and I lived in Pennsylvania, I had a boss who was really angry all the time. I'd come home and I'd tell my wife, just my air out my frustrations. I would sometimes be emotional about it, but it was interesting though, when upper management would come from out of town to kind of see how our operation was running, our boss would speak very highly of us, our, his employees. He'd put his arm around us and he acted like he had a great relationship with all of us. But the second upper management left, It was back to the same angry boss. And I guess as I share that story, the point I'm trying to make is Peter is still calling us to submit. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to stay at a job that we're very unhappy with because God, praise the Lord, we do have the freedom for that. But if God is calling us to stay in a specific location or be somewhere, we are to be under that authority. And how we conduct ourselves is huge. And so if you are not obeying this passage, if you are not obeying this passage, you could be misrepresenting scripture. Look at verses 21 through 23. It says, for uh, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And so if any man had the right to speak up and call out injustice, it would be Jesus. Jesus, a perfect, innocent man, falsely accused, ordered to die a criminal's death. And we see that once he was ordered to be crucified, he was mocked. He was spit on. He was humiliated. He endured a terrible, terrible punishment. He was whipped over 30 times. His hands and feet were pierced to a giant wooden cross left to suffer and die. And yet in Isaiah 53, where the crucifixion was prophesied 700 years prior, it says this, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep, that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He said nothing. Jesus suffered well. And if anything, Jesus promises us suffering. And so church, as we are in this season, where if we reflect on 2020 and 2021, We cannot ignore that we must learn how to suffer well. And listen, I know there's laws in place for when people do cross the line, and so we must go to higher authority in those situations. I'm not undermining that, so don't say like, oh, you have to be subject no matter what. That's not what I'm saying. But what Peter is saying is that when you are suffering with ungodly and unfair leadership, Trust God to take care of things and not always take it in your hands because in the end, God will set things straight. It may not happen while you are in that certain situation or employed at that place, but trust God to allow him to set things straight instead of you. And you, if anything, a command to you is to be an example of who Jesus was in the midst of being under difficult, difficult leadership. Look at verses 24 and 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you are straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And so we see this picture of Christ suffering for us so that why we could be made right with God We were once lost, but we have now returned to our shepherd that through and that is through the work of Christ, not our own doing. And so we see that at the heart of being a follower of Jesus, it's not about us. It's not about our preferences and my wants and my personal feelings. And if church and Christianity is that for you, let me just say this as nicely as possible. This is not what it means to follow Christ, to just follow your own emotions. It is to lay your life down for the sake of the gospel, to take this message of the good news and to proclaim it to the all, to all nations from here in Cape May County to the ends of the earth. And so, church, today is a day and age where there are many, many false gospels out there. And let me just tell you, don't buy into it. Do not buy into prosperity gospel, where the focus is about you, your life, your situations, because guess what? God's word is not about you. It's about him and his glory. God's word is not a self-help book. It is about a desperate humanity who is dead in their sin and has been rescued by Jesus so that we could be perfectly restored to God himself. And so we, I, I want to I close with this. You can't submit to man's authority the way Peter describes if you haven't personally surrendered your heart to Christ. Let me say that again. You cannot submit to man's authority the way Peter describes if you have not surrendered your heart to Christ. And so if there is anybody in this room who has never surrendered their heart to Christ, man, find somebody who's a follower of Jesus that you're close with. Pray with them, approach Bill, approach me, approach anybody here. We would love to talk with you. We would love to pray with you and encourage you through this. But I want to emphasize again, I struggle with this. All Many of us here struggle with this. It's hard to be subject to the government. It's hard to be subject to an unfair boss. It's hard to be, a, to be subject to those who are just unjust. But I want you to remember and understand whom Peter is writing to, the context they were in, that followers of Jesus were being falsely accused of things they didn't even do. They were in fear of their life and for their safety. And yet Peter tells them to obey and submit to this unjust leadership. And my flesh wants to speak out when I feel like I'm being treated unfairly. But there comes a time when Jesus says, Christian, die to yourself. Christian, live your life the way I lived, and you will bring me honor. Church, we must humble ourselves and learn what it means to suffer well. And so let us be a people who are subject to our authorities even when we disagree. Let our lives imitate the way Jesus lived in response to unjust leadership. And so at your tables, there are a few discussion questions in front of you. Uh, Go ahead and uh, ask those questions at your table, and then we will take a time and close in prayer.